as a little boy. And I found this bird. And he was injured. Had a broken leg or something. My father found out that I had it. I knew that he would do something horrible to it. It was just a matter of time. So I took it to the sink and I, I held it under. It was better for the bird. I saved him. I can't do that, Carl. I won't. It doesn't matter. Every video that we've done since that introduction has come into play yesterday, and I laughed a lot all by myself. <laughs> I just, I started every show. There's like six or seven of them. It's just so stupid to me. It makes me laugh. But welcome to the show. <laughs> this is called the Cinema 9 Podcast. We've done 117 of these. This is episode 118. Travis Roy, Eric Brantrum. And today's Does It Hold Up or Not? Is called The Cell, a movie from 2000, which uh, apparently I did not watch. So I'm not going to participate in that portion of the show. I'm a fool. True. I got you no had, excuses. You had time to watch the opening of six of our of the your own episodes and did not. Yeah, exactly. The, the math. I just busted myself even more, and I'm going to share some stuff I've watched too. So I, it's just you got to make the movie you're going to watch a priority. But I know sometimes you don't want to watch it too early in the week either. You know, like you gotta, right after you got to make. They got to make the podcast a priority. I do because I watched a bunch of stuff that I'm excited to talk about, but then I didn't make, I just didn't get the sell in time. And then, yeah, whatever. I failed. You, no, you're right. You do have to watch it later in the week, though. I always watch it. Like, you know, we record Wednesday night, so I watch it Tuesday night. So I've got like 24 hours or so for it to marinate. Fresh. But it's fresh. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Well, hey, whatever. Uh, we'll do the show. We're doing the show. We got a Patreon. You can sign up for that. We've got two patrons now, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah. Plotso yeah. Podcast just signed up. So. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. Really, we're really creeping right along at a glacial pace here. It's great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long game. Like I said, we'll do the show for 30 years if we have oh, to. Yeah. So oh, yeah. uh, who knows where we'll be by then. But for now, we welcome you at Cinema9Pod at ProtonMail.com if you want to send us an email. Five-star reviews. All of these things would be wonderful. Uh, Eric, you were not here last week, right? Is that true? I was up in beautiful Michigan's Upper Peninsula. It's God's country. It's so peaceful. And uh, I watched a lot of movies up there, and I'm excited to talk about those and to be back with you gentlemen this evening. Were they movies that were there that are on VHS that you had like a limited option like last time? <laughs> There's no cable up the there. And I, watch the, I watch the same movies every time I go up there, so I'll be talking about those three movies. All right. <laughs> it's an annual tradition here on Cinema 9 Podcast. Uh, last week, Travis, we had a guest on, Aaron. Uh, he was at work, so you know, sometimes he was busy. Wow. <laughs> step out First. for a few moments. We, um, we do thank Aaron for coming on. He did a great job despite um, being on the clock, which was unexpected. But um, he was he was in it for hell or high water. He wasn't going to let anything stop him from being on the show. And we talked he got about paid Thor. more than we did for doing the show. That's, <laughs> that's <sure>. true. <laughs> yes, yeah. not really close. But yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thank you, Aaron. We enjoyed it, and uh, we talked about Thor Ragnarok. So if you want to go back and see what we thought about Thor Ragnarok, uh, Eric, would you like to chime in on I does it, it hold yeah, up or not? For Thor, Ragnarok? I liked it. I figured it hold up. Oh. Resuscitation for uh, phase two or three at the time. Three. So I think it was two, wasn't it? No. Any, no. It was three. Three. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure. Don't ever. Why would you question one. Travis on that at all? That's insane. I, so. I, I don't know. But Especially yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, really good episode. Uh, thank you to Aaron for holding the fort. Yeah, I didn't know that uh, Taika Watiti was inspired by. One of my favorites, as we talked about, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That's a fun inspiration <laughs> for that film. So I'm glad. I see it now, too. I, I see a lot more of it. And uh, I appreciated that episode. It was a lot of fun, Travis. It was a good time. It was good good was to do fun. a Marvel movie. And, a, and it was fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would. So we've had a couple deaths. And we don't try to be morose here. But we're trying to pay tribute to a life well lived and a careers that were very well lived. And two in particular, James Kahn passed away last week at age 82. Yeah. Uh, what is the definitive for you? Not society, but for you. Do you have a definitive James Kahn performance, guys, that you're like, that's my favorite. I love that one. Misery for me. Yeah, for me, it's misery. I mean, like, uh, he's he's just, he's very restricted in that so he really ha and and a lot of times people talk about kathy bates in that movie but she's not doing anything without what he's given her um and he's and he's great in that he it's i, th I think it's a performance of his it's the performance of his career it's also the movie that introduced me to him like as a kid it came out right around the, like it was like 89 or so right, right when i was starting to get really conscious about like movies that were for adults and 1990 um, yep yeah 1990 so so i grew up watching that one a lot and uh yeah and that's the one for me thanks jimmy <laughs> that's very yeah. nice uh, eric are I, you gonna I, go I, uh with the classic or you got something else no i i'm with travis man uh misery brought me to the table and 
Every time I watch it, I'm always so struck at what he's able to do without his mobility. Uh, he conveys so much yeah. fear. Anger is is my best in that because to, to portray anger when you can't do anything but um, you know what what he has access to is unbelievable. Uh, I love him in misery, man. Um, and the Godfather came along, and I mean, Thief says it all for me. I think that's his best performance. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, you talked about that in the show a while back, and oh, I tried to find it, and I couldn't find it. I really want to see it because it's a Michael Mann movie who I really enjoy, and that's not that's one I can't comment on. There's actually a few con yeah, movies I haven't yeah. seen, so the I can't comment on all of his. Up there for sure. Yeah, that's another one. But, What's the one for you, Mike? Yeah, you know, for me, it's it's not a he's not the main character, but in Bottle Rocket, he's ah, fun. He's just it. having a good time. Yeah, just, that's fun. my that's what I. I never saw the. I actually never saw the Godfather movies till I was like twenty something. I'd heard all about it, sure. but I never mm-hmm. actually saw them. So I'm not one of these like super hardcore Godfather mm-hmm. guys. So for me, Bottle Rocket was a movie that I grew up on, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's fun," and he's he's actually really funny in that movie too with his his one liners and bits where he's doing the karate. <laughs> he's like he's like, "No, move back, move back." It's, it's so weird. It's so bizarre <laughs> and so goofy, but. Yeah, that'll be the one for me. You know what's funny mm-hmm. is uh, movies, only so many like rise to the cream of the crop as decades go on. Like we don't go back to the 30s much, right? You know, like, you know, each decade has like the movies that are really stand out and, and whether they're the best or not, they're the ones that get remembered. And James Conn will always be, I think, a fixture in American culture for The Godfather and for Elf. I don't think those movies are going anywhere in America's uh, collective memory anytime soon and i think they're two you know legendary classics for better or for worse again mm-hmm. I, I i love both those movies elf far more than the godfather admittedly um wow. but oh, oh yeah absolutely but yeah american classics and, and a classic american actor it's we're, we're, we're seeing the slow and steady parade off the cliff of some of america's greatest legends and it's hard to watch but you know we always knew it was coming but um yeah especially these tough guys i mean they're going away fast i mean just these gruff uh yeah. macho for what they are like tough screen idols like burt lancaster is done burt reynolds is out of here with jimmy Conn's passing we're, we're running out of just like honest to god like blue collar yeah. tough guys like tony sirico who we also lost this 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 week uh classic i mean not, we don't have to get into, into them yet unless you guys want if you guys no kinda, please that's, but while we're, that's while a we're fine talking, segue travis while we're talking tough guys i mean this guy this is a guy that actually started like as muscle like he would he would he would go into bars and restaurants and clubs and really? fuck shit up until they paid him to leave and he was like <laughs> he was basically mobster and was, was, he was adjacent to that kind of stuff, but was still like plugged into the scene. He was like friends with Andy Warhol and, and like all these people like back in the day. He was like he lived this wild fucking life. Flash forward many decades and, and he's working with Woody Allen in movie after movie after movie. He's in like five or six Woody Allen movies. And then, of course, Polly Walnuts. I mean, talk about cemented into American uh, collective memory. I don't think Sopranos is going anywhere anytime any, anytime soon either his his performance as Paulie walnuts is it's for the it's for the books it's one for the books absolutely uh you said it quite well my friend yep of course anything to add also here? started mickey blue eyes with jimmy khan if you remember 
Oh! Yeah, also, our fair here says, don't forget Brian's song, which for a lot of sports movie lovers, Brian's, Brian's song, James Kahn, based on the true story of Brian Piccolo, who died at a very young age of cancer. So, Is that the guy that's like running? Running. Yeah, they, yeah, they're friends wow. running together, and yeah. there's something about mashed potatoes later while he's mashed dying. It's very sad. A lot of <laughs> a lot of men who a lot of men who never shared feelings in public have admitted to crying wept, to that film during wept a, that yes. movie. Okay. Over a yes, bowl of mashed potatoes. We should give a shout out to LQ Jones too from the Wild yeah, Bunch, yeah. from the Edge. Uh, this guy lived into his 90s. It was a fixture in classic cinema. Uh, shout out, thank you, LQ Jones, for your work also. Yeah, thank you, LQ. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, hey, society. Society has deaths. Society, society, society. They're going to keep coming, guys. Just be prepared for them. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I still haven't. Gene Hackman's still alive. So when that happens, I'm going to be really torn up. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When Nicholson goes, I'll probably take the day off and ruminate. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be in your chambers when Nicholson goes. I'll be in (laughs) another seance like I am right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that was so funny, but it was. Uh, okay well uh movies that you watched we called them originally quarantine viewing picks because we started the show during what was called a pandemic there was some mm. disease known as COVID 19 but uh we're gonna keep that name what because is- it'll remind us of where we started this is all going back to april 2020 where it all began i'm casey Kasem. <laughs> all right travis uh what have you been watching recently uh, I watched some stuff. I watched Thor: Love and Thunder, for instance, as promised ah! in the last episode. You didn't go? You so I'm so excited, dude! You I mean, I be. couldn't watch the cell. I couldn't watch Thor: Love and Thunder. So uh, I, <laughs> I am jonesing. I'm trying to see. I, I tried to sneak it in last night. I'm like, okay, it's 10:30. There was one more showing at 11 o'clock at night at the Imagine over in Canton, and I didn't get there. So. <laughs> You're a busy I'm man. Really You're a busy man. Uh, uh, I'm a moron. So- I'm just a moron. People are, you know, this movie's kind of getting met similarly to Eternals and uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. It's kind of a middling response Uh-oh. from people. Uh, I personally really enjoyed it. I would, I mean, if, if I have to, I don't want to compare it to Thor Ragnarok, but it's kind of hard not to. And I, and I, I didn't, it didn't blow me the way that, blow me away the same way that Ragnarok did, but I, I loved it. I laughed and, and, and cried and I enjoyed it and, and I, I was into it. Um, so, you know, make, see it, make up your own mind. I, I will say this, that like, it's, it seems like it might be getting review bombs some because of, um, some, some comments that Taika Waititi made about like him being a gay icon now. There's some gay stuff in the movie. Some people are fucking homophobes and uh, can't handle, uh, you know, reality, the realities of existence. But um, I, I thought it was great. I watched another movie from 2022 that underwhelmed me that had good reviews. That's the Bad Guys new animated film. I love Mark Maron mm-hmm. so much. He's one of the him and. Um, uh, what's his nuts? I'm a big fan of Sam from Rockwell. Moon. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Um, they're like the main people in this, and it's it was okay. It was good. There's questionable use of guinea pigs in the film. I didn't care for that. Oh boy. <laughs> mm. Revisited uh Shang-Chi, because we talked about that last week. That's still great. And uh revisited you know, there's a movie I've seen quite a few times that again kind of has middling reviews, but I've always liked it, even though it feels very 2011. Uh, when it came out, there's one point where 
uh, characters talking about like Netflix, but he's talking about discs like on his table. But I'm, uh, I'm talking about the movie 30 Minutes or Less. I, I, I enjoy ah. all the Eisenberg comedies when you get down to it for me. And uh, 30 Minutes or Less holds up pretty good. I think it's kind of an unconventional film that blows by in a fun way. I hadn't seen The Sting since I was a kid, and hmm, it was no basically sure. like watching it for the first time, more or less. And uh, yeah, it's it's good, it's good. Um, I think at this point, like uh, you know, I, you can kind of tell. I mean, I, I know the way. How can I put this? Film working has progressed to the point now that that people have borrowed enough from The Sting that none of the twists surprise me because I could see them coming. You know what I mean? But um, I'm sure it was very... I, I get why it's a classic, and as it rightly should be. Is that Chad's favorite movie? I know it's a few people's favorite movie. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's Chad's. It's got to be up there for him. It's close, I felt like. Mm. Eric? You know? Is that true? I make that up? Your movie is, Chad. I believe, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I believe The Sting is oh. up there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Little Women from 1994. I went to West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I went to West Virginia and spent uh, my, my mom's birthday with her. So it was me, my mom, hey! my nana, my sister, and my niece, we all sat down together to watch the 1994 version of Little Women. It was fucking great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. On VHS? <laughs> uh, no, not on VHS. We actually had to, we wanted to watch the 2019 version, but it's not available for rent anywhere. You have to buy it. It's weird. It's from 2019, but it's like not must available. Be a weird anywhere. story so, behind that. Yeah. yeah, someone there must be some battling for the rights somewhere or something because that that version is great. But I I liked the 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 uh, Whitney or what's her name, Winona Ryder version. Um, it was fun. Mm. And then of course I watched The Cell. <laughs> uh, what is it called? The Cell. I watched yeah. The Cell. I took time out of my life. I sat down with a piece of paper. I actually did some research after the fact and read about it, learned some things. <laughs> uh, I deserve all of that. Yeah, bring it on. That's, that's fair as fair. No doubt about it. All right, uh, Eric. So give us that VHS rundown for up north. Okay, so the cabin trifecta when I go up north every year is... Grant Torino, Uncle Buck, and Cool Hand Luke. Uh, all three of them. I just, I've watched all three of them Grand every Torino? year. Is a VHS copy yeah, of dude. Grant Torino in there? No, no. These are all DVDs. Oh, DVDs. Yeah, uh, they're DVDs. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I just can't get sick of these movies. It's impossible. Um, what else can you say? Um, I've never seen Cool Hand Luke, by the way. I've never seen it. Oh, it's that's great. Un- that's unbelievable. Um, I know, yeah. but I kind of feel like I've seen it now because it's so old and I've heard yeah. so much about it in a way. Well, you loved uh, Brubaker, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stuart Rosenberg, like his big bang was with Cool Hand Luke, so yeah. that's a must. You have to see it. Oh man, it's, it's, it's just so weird. So. I'm just sitting down to watch both those movies back to back for the first time. Someone That'd should be do unbelievable. That. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe um, I'll watch the cell too. Make it a trifecta. <laughs> we'll get your comments next week. <laughs> <laughs> I was debating this. I was wrestling with this all week. Do I bring? Do I? Do I admit this and risk losing some followers or? <laughs> Do, do I have to be come honest on. with my heart and come out with oh it? Oh, my God. I'm going to come out with it. And a, a new segment I call, There I Said It. Okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> um, The Goonies. Okay? I know what you're thinking. Like, I grew up on the Goonies. You get on your bike, go on an adventure. I'm sorry, dude. Every time I watch this movie, I'm so irritated. It's so loud and just annoying, and it's directed so piss poorly, and everyone's just fucking screaming, and it's, it's just so <laughs> chopped up, and the direction by Dick Donner sucks, and all the kids are just fucking so cliche and noisy, and I, I don't care for the film. 
I've I've heard this opinion more and more lately. I guess I need to revisit it because I know I know that the, it's kind of seems like it's slipping in its status in our culture. Yeah, I guess so. Huh. Okay. Watch see. anything else? Yeah, hell yeah, man. Uh, revisited Turning Red. Uh, loved oh, it love even it. more the second time. It's fantastic. Okay, here's a big one. Mike, you're gonna like this one. <clears throat> House of Gucci. Oh yeah. How was it? I forgot that was. Streaming. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. It's long yeah. as fuck. Yeah, it's it's long way. as fuck, and it feels much, much longer than it is. <laughs> You're selling me. I like. And it. the script is awful, but the really? acting is so good, and it's shot so beautifully. Lady Gaga, pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah, she's fucking fed. Jeremy Irons was fucking fantastic. Yeah, in it. yeah, I yeah, love he, he, Jeremy Irons. Yeah, he he's still alive. The the yeah. man's a Keep treasure. making films, Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he might not. Have to... Jared Leto was making me laugh out loud at like <laughs> one in the morning, waking my whole fucking house up. It's a must-see. Perf- it's so bonkers. It's out of this world. It's hilarious. It's wow. like the Penguin, man. I didn't know it was him till the oh end. I really God. didn't know, dude. It's unbelievable. It's... One of these makeup jobs, and he's so... I'm like, is this... Because I, I think I mentioned this when I talked oh, about the movie, man. the caricature of an Italian human being in a movie... <laughs> yeah. Yep, but yep, it's, I don't like, know. Oh, I mean, episode 818, was, uh, the cell, yeah. no? There are, like that there are, level yeah. stereotype. People talk but, like that, though, Like, because I, look, real quickly, I we are renting a house from a true Italian human being from Italy in <laughs> Windsor, and you know, the accent is thick, so that accent does come through, and I just, I've never been to Italy, wow. so I don't truly know a lot about it other than that, but it's it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's like one of the funniest comedic performances I've seen in in years it's actually kind of a tragic figure but the movie, it's is, such an yeah. odd movie like it like dips its toe into like camp but like not enough to like make the whole movie like cohesive like it, it either needs to like be campy as fuck like something like the people versus oj simpson the fucking great miniseries where that was just straight camp and knew how dumb it was and was having fun yeah. This kind of tries to do it both ways, where it's like the serious, hard-hitting, uh, melodramatic, epic biopic. Also, this really fucking stupid comedy. Uh, but overall, entertaining as hell. Great performances. Looks incredible, too. Very, very well done on the <laughs> yeah. like, setting, the yeah. period of the Gucci yeah. lifestyle in the, the 80s yeah, and all that. It, it looks really good. It really, in like... Movie about like clothes. I I watch any fashion designer movie. I've talked about this in the past. But like to get you interested in like business politics is fucking tricky. But they do really get you into the the dynasty of the family and the the nature of the trading like or Al trading in the hands of the organization. <laughs> Al Pacino's fucking terrible. So good. I thought he was terrible in this movie, but that's just my incredible. Opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I dug it, man. That that's about it. Okay, there it is. Alsaguchi. So, I didn't watch The Cell, as we know, but I did really dig up. It's been seven days, and that's why I was able to catch up big time on what's going on with the MCU from the TV side, you know? So, (laughs) I saw Hawkeye. What did you think? It's solid. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I didn't like it. It's solid Marvel. Yeah, it's solid Marvel. It's it's fine. It's rock solid. Uh, uh, you know, I like. I think I think I kind of like the Ronan character more than Hawkeye, uh, <laughs> which is maybe one same more person. Yeah, I know. I just like the different. The whole getup is different, and like the mystery and the chaos. I kind of want it darker. More, but 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably yeah. maybe that's what it is. But I, I like lighthearted stuff too. It was a Christmas themed show too, so you know, fired up during the holidays and watch people fight a lot <laughs> during the holidays. Yeah. Uh, it was it was rock solid. I'll give it a rock solid score. So it's not often we are just dumped upon with repetitive IP that we've seen. We know the story. We know the origin stories. But Moon Knight is a whole new thing for me. And what a fucking pleasure it was, man. This show was awesome. I fucking loved it. And Oscar Isaac yeah. he like legitimately gives like an Oscar-worthy performance playing Moon Knight. Yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's, he should, I hope he gets, I mean, like, I wasn't in love with the show because I wanted more Moon, Moon Knight, but his performance, yes. I, I sincerely hope that, like, he should get nominated for an Emmy. Oh, actually, the Emmy's got, oh, nominee's got announced today. I meant to talk about that. But oh. We'll we'll brush up on maybe. Talk I hope about he got week. nominated because he deserves it. I didn't check. <laughs> He's amazing. Really in incredible. It. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, there should be more Moon Knight. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. But it was just refreshing to like go through a story I didn't know anything about. I really had to pay attention and like, oh, what's this? What's that? It's it's just nice to have that feeling again, which doesn't always happen because at my age, you know, I've I've seen the X Men and I know a lot of those characters and I know all their stories and right. This is different for me, so I really dug it, and I strongly recommend, even if you're like, Moon Knight, what the hell is that? Like, if you want something fresh, go, because there's some really good quality performances, uh, a lot of visuals and fighting scenes and all kinds of stuff, and history stuff of, like, yeah. some of that, you know, Egyptian historical stuff that's also mythical with the gods and pharaohs and all that stuff. It's, it's interesting, very entertaining. The uh, the last episode of uh, of Miss Marvel dropped today, and, and and that was a good series too. It wasn't, I mean, it's not my favorite of of all the series, but it was it was solid. Well, that's next. I will uh, I'll be right. moving on to that next. That'll be fun. Uh, let's see. I got some other movies. I guess it took a while to watch those two shows. Um, <laughs> it does take some effort. You had to watch so. like six hours of things a piece. Instead <laughs> yeah, of that's twelve hours, hours of uh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's a lot of time in a week. Uh, so. Yeah, I guess that's it for now. Uh, I do have some fun movies that I will report on next time that I'm excited, including Hustle. And uh, I'm going to report on Father Stu next week. I'm actually really excited to see Father Stu. I know Mel Gibson gets shit on. He's made some mistakes in his life, but he still, he makes interesting, uh, fascinating, raw entertainment that I'm still drawn to. I've been waiting for you to watch Hustle. I want to hear your your thoughts on that. Yeah, I definitely will watch that uh, when I watch The Cell. I'll do a triple... Which one? I haven't had I, I haven't had time to get to theaters. I mean, I did uh, for Thor, but yeah, I need to see um, the black phone. Friday, it's hitting digital. I, I'm oh, really? Well, in that case, trigger. yeah. yeah if, if it's coming that soon, then I guess I yeah. won't. And now I feel bad, but don't live without my fourteen phone. bucks. Yeah, Scott Derrickson's new horror film with Mr. Ethan Hawke. Looking mm-hmm. forward to that. A Joe Hill story. Joe Hill. Yeah, but well, Ethan Hawke was awesome in Moon Knight too. By the way, oh, I love the minute. Yeah. I, I love it. I really, wow. I just realized how much more I loved it because I thought he could talk. Okay, that's it. That's what I watched. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to part ways now because. Dude, wait, did you watch The Boys yet? The last episode of that dropped too. I have never seen any oh. of The Boys. Oh, you I, I want to see it, but oh, I have dude. not. Wa- For some reason, yeah. I thought you were a huge fan because it just seems like something you'd be a huge fan of, I guess. I really right. want to. It yeah, does seem cool. I do need to watch it. All right. Are you leaving us now? Uh, well, the harsh, harsh truth, truth, real said. Yeah, we got a comment from the harsh truth. Miss Marvel yeah, was truth. a fun show to watch. WandaVision was still the best, though. I have to give it up to Loki personally. I think Loki was the best, but WandaVision is probably my second favorite. 
That's tough. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now, don't forget, five-star reviews would be wonderful. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're almost a couple away from 300 subs. We've made a nice little push again. I, I assume Eric's been doing some groundwork. Good job, Eric. You're a good boy. If you really oh, want to crap. help us I'm out, not supposed to say that. I'm not supposed to say that. Sorry. I just call him a good boy. <laughs> We're not dogs. Uh, if right. you really want to help us out, tell a friend. You know, recommend it to somebody that you think would like us. We'd appreciate that. Yeah. Mike, Mike you're never, ever, ever going to watch this movie. Like, you don't have to leave. Like, you're seriously worried about this getting spoiled? No, no, because like, it's got Vince Vaughn and Vincent D'Onofrio. I really like them as actors. I do want to mm. watch this. That's why I brought it up. I was like, really? I'll let you guys make the call here. I blew it, so you, I don't want to mess with your guys' schedules. But I do. Uh, is it on? Uh, by the way, did you guys find it somewhere? Where's I had to rent. Yeah, I had rent it. Okay, so I've gotten to where I'm only picking movies that are streaming. <laughs> I, I noticed that. Yeah, I do appreciate that. That's very kind of you. But I don't want to get pigeonholed either. So, yeah, I'm going to bow out now as we rotate into Does It Hold Up or Not? Today's main feature, known as The Cell. Uh, but I will be back at the end of the show to reveal <laughs> next week's selection. So, Go enjoy. hide in a box and pop Bye, out, <laughs> out later. <laughs> Go watch The Cell. Run away! Diddle-loo! Diddle-loo! Am I leaving? Wait, you can I leave? Uh, can I leave be. and the broadcast will stay? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to yeah. close this window. Bye! Close the window. <laughs> All right. We're still live. We're still here. There he goes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk horror. So not exactly Mike's wheelhouse anyway, you know, but it's definitely ours. There's no doubt about that. It, I didn't even think of it as horror. No I, I, I don't think of it as horror. I, I mean, it's more, I mean, it's very visual, but it's, I mean, to me, I mean, it's horror like Silence of the Lambs is horror, I guess. Tesno maybe. Crank didn't send you over the genre edge there? I mean, that that could be in any kind of movie. Uh, and, you know, mm. like Sicario or something like that could have something violent like that happening in it. And I wouldn't necessarily think, oh, this is a horror movie. Someone's guts are out. She was my first... I made such a mess. I didn't know what I was doing. What? You here? Don't lie. I came to help you. Lie. You sound like your father. It was nothing. He is nothing. Who told you to say that? Do you remember the first time he talked to you? Were you in water? Maybe you went swimming. Um, you... Remember when you first saw the cell? Yeah, you know, and and show Chad uh, was um, favorable enough to chime into our Facebook page, which you can connect with us on. Uh, and he was talking about how the trailer sold him <laughs> on the cell. Yes. and dude, that's what got me and Chad in theaters twice uh, at uh, Star Southfield to see this back in two thousand. Man, the trailers were out of control. We had never seen anything like this. Like, who the hell is Tarsum? Like one name. <laughs> Just this one guy, Tarsum, and it's like this artistic, horror-looking, fucked-up movie starring these incredible actors. We were there opening night, dude. It was unforgettable. 
Yeah, I don't know that I was opening night, but I was. It was the theater. I mean, the the preview certainly got me uh, in the theater as well. I, I caught that one in the <laughs> theaters and loved it. I mean, I was. I, I've always been a big uh, Vincent D'Onofrio fan since mm-hmm. Full Metal Jacket growing up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and everything else that he's done. So I was very so seeing him in just the shots and the previews, like the, this god character that he plays. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was I was very on board. I didn't know until today that Tarsum directed the Losing My Religion video, and that's basically what got him. Isn't that funny? His start, yeah. Which now watching the movie, well, I mean, I knew it before I watched the movie, but so I didn't know it until I guess a couple days. Surprise when they're on the same set. <laughs> yeah, I'm like watching. I'm like, oh, I I see it. I really see it. I can see. Yeah. And I watched the video today. I'm like, yeah, I can. It's him. Definitely but it was him. such a dude. It's it's one of those ex- theater experiences I'll never forget because. Especially in horror, man, you you don't get the same quite experience as you do in other genres. When you watch a, a a like a a movie of this nature with scenes of of horrific uh, graphic violence, um, it's very rare where like the whole theater is all just like cringing and like aghast <laughs> and like vocally. Like I remember this day, like literally gasps and like cries and stuff when like some of those really fucked up scenes were going on and that that kind of residue sticks with you man mm-hmm. um so yeah that was that was something it was just so different yeah I, I there hadn't been a film quite like it before but at the same time you know i we'll talk about how unique and original it actually is as we get deeper oh yes we will in, into our chat yes, here uh, i didn't check the imdb score did you no. have to check it no i didn't no i didn't um what do you think 6.4 i think i think you're in the right vein with the sixes um i think it's going to be higher than that though i'm going to say 6.8 let's see okay, okay. survey says 6.4 give no this show. man wow. a yeah, I swear i didn't look a gut weave thing that crank anyways um <laughs> yeah 6.4 uh, yeah. 40 on the meta score that's low that's low um uh, roger e- roger ebert gave it uh, two thumbs up said it's one of the best films of the year isn't that something that is that is something that is, yeah, that's that's it, odd because they uh, didn't fall in line with him on that one. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, yeah, um, eviscerated by critics. Um, yeah, I think the Rotten Tomatoes score, the critic consensus, is in the forties, if I'm remembering my yeah. brief glance at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, Lou Lumenic from the New York Post, Post, a generic variation on the overworked serial killer trope. I'm guessing or genre it just yeah. kind of trails up, yep, which. Yep, yep. That's not wrong. I mean, no. Vincent D'Onofrio read the script and wasn't going to do it until he talked to Tarsum mm-hmm. and learned all of the visual kind of stuff that he wanted to do. And that's what got him on board. Because, frankly, this movie, when every time, and I, I've always thought this since I first saw Adaptation back in, what, 2004 or whatever, mm-hmm. that when that when they're making okay. fun of the three, Here that this go. is like literally what they have in mind. Yeah. Like I think Charlie Kaufman was talking was making fun of this movie specifically. Yep. The deconstructionist, uh, yeah, the deconstructionist, and that, and that like archetypal like serial killer with like a thing, like the late nineties, the Bone Collector taking lives. We had all yep. these like Kiss serial the killers that had like this, you know, this Silence um, of the Lambs, even whatever you want to call it, this caveat to them like, that they did yeah. something like they were super really, like, villains. Like, yeah, it was it was starting to get a little tired then, and I mean. 2000 dude like 
we're still in like that Kevin Williamson like teen slasher meta type of horror thing yeah. too. Um, so we have that, and we got to just these piss poor mid-level thrillers like Taking Lives just getting churned out. Um, I liked Taking so, yeah. Lives. What? <laughs> I liked Taking Lives. That was a that was an early. Um, wasn't that early? Paul Dano, I believe that was a early uh, showcase. I know for what him. you're thinking because I just watched it. Or Ryan Gosling. Was it? You're thinking of Murder by Numbers. Yeah, I'm thinking of Murder um, by yeah, Numbers. I, I like that, that one. That one oh, yeah. was good. Taking okay, Lives. Taking yeah, Lives, I don't remember yeah. that. I'm thinking of Murder by no- Murder by Numbers. But yeah, a lot of movies are that fair. That's why that trailer, it's like, uh, uh, like a, a movie like this that like looks beautiful? What the fuck's going on here? These are supposed to like be grimy trash. Like, very bizarre. Yeah. Anybody yeah. like it in the critics? Um, let me look again here. Um, Sean Levy from the Portland Oregonian said, Something of an unforgettable experience. Sure. I think there's some merit in that. Yeah. Um, and then it quickly dips into some pretty unhappy um, <laughs> Kenneth Turin. T- Kenneth oh, Turin sure. at the Los Angeles Times said, some movies make you sorry you've seen them, and The Cell is one of those. Creepy and uh, horrific, it's a torture chamber film. Mm. Which this, when, when, when was Hostel? When, you know, like, I think the, it was 04. Like, yeah, like things were starting to kind of, you're right. Like the state of horror got kind of weird. There's mm-hmm. a lot of CGI crap happening at the time, um, underworld and that kind of stuff. So this was, uh, you know, I, I, you know, if if you were familiar with what is heavily borrowed in this film, the stuff that Tarsum Singh <laughs> borrows from, stolen. Yeah. Well, okay, is it stolen or is it borrowed? Because it's stolen. Yeah, but you know who I thought about watching this movie or what, what, or what movie I thought about? I thought about Kill Bill. I thought about hmm. Kill Bill watching this okay. movie because I remember the first time I saw Kill Bill, I was blown away. And then after the fact, started you know learning about all of the homages, quote unquote, that hmm. were being paid. And like, oh, and like seeing like some side by side comparisons. I'm like, oh, it looks like the exact same fucking movie this is a this is a regurgitation of a bunch of different films and i i love kill bill don't, don't get me mm. wrong um i do but I, I i don't see a world of difference between what's done with that and what's done here yeah, um this I, I, this is I definitely do why ahead, keep on well with something like kill bill you get you get a lot of stolen technique like you know with the bride coming out of the desert that's once upon a time in the west one of the best shots of all time um, with this, when they're taking uh, Damien Hurst, the horse shit, everyone knows yeah. that. And, and what they're doing is they're taking somebody's art and then they're putting their own representation on what, what that is and what's to be implied of it. In this case, the mind of someone who's psychopathic and, and deals with murder. I'm not sure that's right to, to place that examination on it for other people to look at it as when, when you have the same thing. I, I, I'm not comfortable with anyone taking someone's art and presenting it as their own. That's plagiarism. I don't care for that. I think it's not good. Um, at the same time, though, I do think it's it's a little bit established in the movie that you see uh, Carl Strager's like his 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 bedroom. There's art everywhere. There's old old Caravaggio and like all this kind of stuff all over the place. And that's what's feeding his psyche. I mean, he's a lover of art and opera and that kind of stuff, uh, weirdly enough. And, I, I, you know, again, I don't think that that excuses, like, the fact that clearly Tarsum 
would expect his audience to be familiar with some of the stuff, but not a lot of it. Mm. Um, but you know where where it breaks down is not for me when it when it stops being um, homage and stops and stops being inspired by it is when we get into the Mark Romanek connection. Yikes! Then, here we go. Then it starts to be to me like okay, this is this is just stolen. This is this is just you really like the perfect drug video. You really like the video for Closer. You really it like is. the video for Madonna's bedtime stories, mm-hmm. and and you've just reworked it. And I, I like really, it, I yeah, like Mark Romanek too, but I'm not. Yeah. You know, go ahead. You, you can you can see Tarzan Singh walking into like New Line Studios, and being like, everyone's seen Sounds of the Lambs, but then he like puts like turns on MTV, and there's a closer the video and the, him being like, but what if like this was inside Hannibal Lecter's mind? Like, no, and, and they're like, oh, that'd be interesting. And he's like, no, literally this. Like, I just filmed this, and then I put it into a serial killer movie. And they they go ballistic, yeah. There's it's it's aping. It, it's 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 in my opinion, it's just very um, manipulative for a young audience member like me who came out of the theater so inspired by this new vision, and to find out that it's just such a facsimile, it sucks. So, the losing my religion video, it. That I think inspired Romanek in some ways, from, from what I could see. Possibly, I wouldn't be surprised. Anyways, that's speculation, but I could see that. But even, but even early in his career, Singh was borrowing from Indian, you know, because he's from Punjab, um, you know, the region of India, and he, so he's he grew up on a whole different, a whole whole other set of Bollywood films and that kind of stuff, that, uh, and Russian films as well. I know that he's uh, drawing heavily from. Some Rus- some Tarkovsky stuff, particularly for losing my religion. So he he is still doing this blending of stuff together, and and I'm just kind of torn on how I feel about it because I, part of me is like this is what everyone's done doing. He he's just doing it more blatantly and more obviously, um, and and but uh, you know Scorsese and and all these other directors often are you know paying homage you watch any director's commentary they're gonna be like oh i got this shit shot from this i got this shot from this if they're honest directors anyway <laughs> a lot of times that's yeah. what's going on anyways but you're right it's more of an that's it's usually more of an issue of procedure of how it's done as opposed to the exact mm-hmm. imagery like to me i was disappointed to learn that and that's the word disappointed that i thought the best visual imagery in the movie were the three women like with their mouths agape staring at the sky oh, yeah. and that's odd nerd drum it turns out oh, a yeah. norwegian artist and it's like oh and exactly. they're still alive like he's like damien hurst and odd drum and odd nerd, nerd drum like these like he's he's aping people that are still very much alive and actively making new yeah. work and stuff <laughs> and i imagine nerd drum, like watching this movie being like when I painted that, my intention was not to, you know, talk about fucked up mothers that mistreat you and abuse their own children or whatever he was going for there. It's like that parallel is, is it's a problem. But like at the end of the day, it's like whatever works to get your story across. Um, and this definitely worked on everybody. That's all anyone talks about. Like yeah. we're not going to get out of this episode without talking, without saying visually arresting. It's just impossible um, because that's all anyone talks about is these incredible visuals dreams have never really been expressed quite like this maybe outside of like um you know um some old french films like jean yeah. d'argine films or whatever but like it's just very otherworldly 
Well, and that's very much why I, I'm, I was just really disappointed that Mike couldn't join us today because Mike hates movies that are dreams. He hates like th that kind of mm. stuff. So as I was watching the movie, I'm like, is there a movie more suited for Mike to hate? Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> probably yeah. not. Um, you mentioned child yeah. abuse. I do. We, we talked about this with frailty. Um, there is some really disturbing child abuse taking place in this in this film too where it's like you know i could i could watch you murder someone i could watch you i guess ejaculate on a corpse as you're suspended from above it which i'm glad we yeah. didn't see the original cut of that because i hear it's horrific mm. but like the whole iron on the kid and all that shit like oh man that, that, was, that stuff was really hard to watch <sighs> For two reasons. One, it's excessive. And two, yeah, it's, indulgent. it's yet another excuse for this type of behavior that is starting to get a little old. Vince Vaughn, his character has so many problems, but he hints at the fact that, you know, look, this doesn't always lead to serial killers. But I've always especially liked that. in the 90s, they just kept at it like, oh, it's about abuse from childhood. Yeah. And that's really the only card they have throughout this whole film oh, to make they, uh, Carl turn into what he is. They do worse than that because mm. they it's schizophrenia. It's all the whole thing is about him being schizophrenic, which schizophrenia, as any as anybody that's looked into it knows, you are what, 10 times more likely to be a victim of violent crime than uh, than the perpetuator of it. If you're schizophrenic, it's a it's a horrible disease. But um, and, and so it relies on those two really tired tropes. Yeah, I, I've always liked that Vince Vaughn's character, he hints with his five o'clock shadow that um, he hints the character hints that he himself was abused as a kid. And he, this is why he pursues these kinds of people. He you know, started as a D.A. or whatever, and then went got into um, going directly for them or after them as, as an FBI agent. So I, I always really like that. But yeah, I, I don't like that it leans on those two kind of tried and true tropes because I think that the reality is that, that people that do stuff like this, I don't, you know, like our country keeps defining every mass murderer as mentally ill as if the action uh, suggests mental illness. Like, no, you have to like plot this shit out. This wasn't like a mm -hmm. wild act. Um, mm. you might be, you might be disturbed. You might be, um, you know, depressed and, and mm. that kind of stuff and sociopathic even, but yeah, it was just, anyway. and it's not only that dude, like the, the, the fucking script, which I guess Mark Prodovesic, his script, um, okay. was just eviscerated in like early pre-production. He disowned the film, oh. uh, because it looks so unlike his original story. But it also has the <laughs> balls to create a syndrome, Wayland's infraction, that's not even oh. real, <laughs> just as this, for this plot device to get underway. Are you fucking kidding me here? You're gonna you're gonna uh, give us this um, w diluted, almost offensive depiction of schizophrenia, and and yeah. and then you're gonna tack on this bullshit. Uh, Wayland's infraction that's not that's not even a thing just so you can like be have him comb it to what is this I, I'm glad you looked into that because I was I didn't think to but as I was watching the movie I'm like I didn't know that you could go comatose if you're a schizophrenic no and it's, it's triggered by device. water that's not a thing that's, well that I knew that part was bullshit I'm, I'm savvy enough to have been like well that's obviously bullshit come on dude <laughs> Um, I think we have to talk about, um, if we're going to be talking about all of the visuals, though, there's someone, that, an unsung hero here, and that's Eiko Ishioka, 
the uh, the the costume designer. She was Academy Award winning for uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. She didn't do a ton of other stuff except for like every Tarsum Singh movie, apparently, um, except know. for Selfless because that was after she had passed. She passed in 2012. But I I think that the the costumes in this movie rarely am I like really I'm into this for the costumes with a movie, but that's kind of the main, there's two selling points for me in this movie. It's the costumes. And of course, as we'll talk about Vincent D'Onofrio. Would you wear one of those Twizzler suits to a Halloween party? <laughs> I would afraid that people would think, Oh, you like inside out, man. Are you like, are you skinless? <laughs> <laughs> I would wear that before I would have crafted hair horns and paint my face white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's unreal. Uh, it, it, it's just so good. It's definitely the highlight. What is the best version of of Vince Vaughn's character? Or, um, oh, man. Uh, of, of, of Carl Strager as a go- as the God character. What's, what's, the, what's wor- oh, which as version of you like? As, as, well, as the God. Yeah. Because like, we have different, we have him like the royal version of him with that giant cape. We have like this weird yeah. alligator version towards yes. the end. No, yeah, my which, favorite's the, uh, like the, um, inquisitor the the roman yes. torture whatever the fuck yes. he's supposed to be that's just Terrible. such a cool ass outfit that'd be an I awesome mean, halloween costume oh my god it's when so he's when up. his blood when he's gleefully clapping his hands together covered in blood that is the best moment in it's the entire so cool. fucking movie his eyes yes. are all white oh, it's, it's so weird that, and and yet i laugh because uh, oh my god that's the thing I'm watching it and I'm still freaked out. And that's the moment I was talking about in the theater when the audience was just like the air went out of the room and people were fucking losing their shit. I'm watching it. Vince Vaughn is he's literally experiencing this intestinal crank. OK, like he feels the pain. It's happening. Right. He's fucking right. freaked out. And yet <laughs> this isn't going to make him change careers like being an attorney and losing a case is going to make him become an FBI agent. But like after this, he's still going to be a cop and not go work at Wendy's. <laughs> Well, yeah, incredible, fucking incredible. All the costumes, like all yeah. the gods, is just, it's cool. Well, uh, it's it's a perfect marriage of of set design, costume design, mm-hmm. and performance because uh, what Vincent D'Onofrio does here is just, I mean, it's it's un it's it's unreal. It's 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 not <laughs> yeah. human. It's like yeah, right. It's you can like you can so see the Carl Strager like regular man that he is. Mm-hmm. And and then when he when he plays the the god character, it's just mm. like, I, I it's hard. I mean, it's hard to think of some of of more. It's it's, it's an amazing performance. I mean, I cannot yeah. think of anything else like it when it comes to a visual performance. Mm-hmm. It's just it's incredible. It is incredible. D- His walk. One of the weirdest parts is when he fucking snatches up the young Carl mm-hmm. and does like this weird little dance trot. It's like yes. something like made out of like Aligari paintings or some weird ass shit. It's it really gets into your bones how bizarre it is. Yeah. So he 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 has a playground that yes is heavily borrowed from the video for closer, oh, like Jesus. with the fucking um, crank opening up and then the women and all that stuff, like you know, which is a really disturbing scene, but like there's so much it's it's, yes. These vignettes, these tableaus, whatever, they're all like, not all, but mostly borrowed from something. But the way that you get to experience uh, the joy that Vincent D'Onofrio clearly has making this movie is it's, it's a hell of a thing to watch. (sighs) But is it 
a good thing that we end up kind of sympathizing with such a horrific monster by the end of the film. I do think that like, I mean, again, the, the character is schizophrenic, so he cannot help what he's become, even if it's a terrible depiction of schizophrenia. Um, there is, I think that it's hard not to feel sympathetic for someone who cannot help that. Right. Um, it's hard not to feel sympathetic for someone who, you know, was abused sincerely, severely. Uh, I don't know, man. It's It's tricky. tricky. I think, I think without the scene of kind of what I'll call regular older Carl talking with, um, what's her name now? Catherine, uh, Jennifer Lopez's character. The woman that walks around in pretty costumes. Um, yeah, without that conversation at the tub where we kind of, we do kind of see him out of control. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, possessed by this um, urge without that. I think you run the risk of um, deifying a demon, which would be very tricky. But yeah, it's. I think that's why they went to D'Onofrio because he really had to to sell the kind of tragic area of such a such a beast. Uh, and it 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 works. Um, I'm not really sure it's cool for you know them to just kill <laughs> their suspect, <laughs> but you know they do. And, well, uh, could be a well, they don't. Catherine does. Yeah, um, she's she's not working for the FBI. She's an independent <laughs> contractor. But I do really like that the movie. You know, the crescendo of the film is one character being saved from drowning, and that person's you know the the the, the victimizer of that person uh, being saved by drowning is by being killed by drowning mm. at the same time. It's an interesting mm. juxta- juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. That is cool. Less cool is probably going to be um, everything besides Vince Vaughn's monologue uh, about his childhood. This character is straight out of like NCIS like light. It's so <laughs> cliche. Pot boiling, chain smoking, all night cop. Yeah. Are you kidding me with this character? And not selling it really. Like I'm like I'm like you (sighs) you 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 went to law school and became a (laughs) DA. And how fucking old are you, dude? You're like 30 here, tops. Like what what's happening? 28. Yeah. (laughs) You're you're telling me that you are going to research every albino german shepherd dog owner in the state but you're not, not going to research that uh fucking like hoist table with the gigantic <laughs> insignia on it uh Come an insignia on. an insignia that is featured in bedtime stories video by uh, mark romanek by the way i'm pretty you're sure it's the fucking same with me pretty sure it's the same sim- symbol um, well, yeah, it had a fucking a good address point. on it and everything. It might as well have came with the, some map quest pages. <laughs> That's a good point. Jesus. Do- the dog is not albino, for the record. Albinos have pink eyes, oh. bugged oh, me through the whole fucking movie. That's just a white husky. Anyway, But it is complicit in murder. He fucking trained it how to pretend like it gets hit by a car. Fuck that It makes dog. me feel bad for the dog, though, because the dog doesn't know what the fuck's going on. The dog is just obeying its owner. <laughs> that is one of the things watching that where I actually like worry that people like would get ideas like oh we put a cinder block underneath the car and then you train a dog to, like I'm like oh god what if someone got this 
an idea. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things with sure. art. Sometimes, sure. like oh, this might inspire somebody in the worst possible way. This is too clever in, the, in an evil way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what can you do? I guess that's one. That's always do the... that. No, I guess. <laughs> yeah, be able to watch film without internalizing What's it. The, being a my favorite shot in the movie by far is the black dog shaking itself off by the bloody tub. That is awesome. Unfucking believable. But is that supposed to be like a, another version of Valentine? I don't know, but I don't think that that's borrowed from anything. And it is one of the most visual, visually striking moments in the film. Although for me, my favorite shot is by far the the camera coming out of the water during the Here baptism and rising up and going over like a half globe thing. That's just that's an incredible shot that that it's motivated and it looks incredible. It's beautifully green and lush and uh, it's just really amazing shot. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. Dude, we got to talk about what probably is my favorite aspect of this film, even after 20 years. I know what years. it is. I know what it is. It's Bring it. Taylor Vince being in the film and not being a creepy weirdo. <laughs> Dude, heavy. Go watch heavy. I just I talked know. about that, man. It's I unbelievable. Know. No, it's Howard Scores. Uh, Howard Shore's score. Dude. It's fucking so awesome. That's so like my new weird. writing music now. It's so funny to me that Howard Shore is known for like the Hobbit movies and yeah. like, you know, he's done every fucking Cronenberg mm-hmm. movie, but he, he he's largely thought of, you know, nobody's fool. And like, I think, uh, Jack, I think you know Mrs. Doubtfire and stuff. Like he does, like he's he kind of does some fairly um, good but somewhat straightforward scores. Yeah, not this. Yeah, this is oh some God. bizarre, weird. Like I mean, like you know, it almost made me think of, and maybe it's because it starts off with a desert, so that could be a trigger there. But what, <laughs> um, Zimmer's score for Dune and how yeah. it just was like this smashing together of sounds like like to make mm-hmm. the soundscape it's almost not music um mm-hmm. i feel like uh what howard shore is doing with this it, it's one of the i think it's one of the most arresting uh, uh <laughs> works of his career yeah he he manages to duplicate the tone of the film which is like beauty and chaos uh with these car horns and this brass and and yeah. all the shit just so cacophonous I forgot completely how good that it, it melds with everything and yeah. plays on its own. It's really cool just to listen to. I'll have to I'll have to listen to it on its own. It's it, yeah. It's uh it it really in a, in a movie that's full of like in your face shit. Um, this stands <laughs> out. This stands out. So, the cinematographer is Paul Laufer. I don't know how much you looked into him, but I did not. Nothing. Like he, a few video, he did Orbison's drive all night video, which is one of my favorite videos. But other than that, it's like a Cindy Crawford workout video, like a couple years before this. <laughs> wow. That's not a joke. Well, Singh did, uh, Tarsum Singh did a lot of commercials between losing my religion and, uh, his first feature film, which is this. Mm. So I'm guessing he made buddies with him somewhere during that process, probably. And then the guy either, didn't want to get further into the field or maybe something mm-hmm. happened with them or who knows, because yeah. it's hard to think that like someone could shoot this and not have much of a career career <laughs> afterwards. Cause it's, yeah. I mean, whatever Singh is doing, uh, he couldn't have done it without the man whose name you just said that I didn't bother to look up. <laughs> Did you see the fall? I've never seen, I've never seen the fall. Actually, the, the only other Tarsum Singh movie that I've seen was selfless. And I didn't even know it was his. I just, mm. for some reason I've, I've just, as as much as this kind of floored me when it came out, I I really 
purposefully just wasn't that interested in his other mm-hmm. stuff. I think I've kind of mm-hmm. felt like, I don't know, maybe, I mean, by that point, by the time the fall came out, because that was eight years later, mm-hmm. I was well aware of the heavy borrowing yeah. and was maybe less impressed by that point or something. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. I didn't watch it. And people, it, to his credit, people aped on him too and were kind of like doing his thing. So every, you know, every movie looked like a fucking Dior ad or whatever the hell is going on <laughs> in these sequences. Um, yeah. So story-wise, man, like um, in the beginning, Catherine, she is trying to get this boy out of his his state, okay? Yeah, these this billionaires have like funded this entire thing. <laughs> yeah and she fails and yeah that's one of the things i always kind of wondered about like you're gonna set up your main character and have them be super good at their job and yet she doesn't succeed in the beginning so now we're like oh yeah she she's gonna be the person to to help carl out or whatever it's wild i mean we see her return well so at the end of the film doesn't she bring edward into her world they, I think they had to re- go and reshoot that because test scientists were like, where the hell is that kid? And she, did she not even, <laughs> did she not even help him? Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I kind of, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't imagine the program continuing on after one of the, the uh, people involved dies during it. Um, <laughs> Second trial? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say sweep, sweep that under the rug. Oh, yeah, yeah um, absolutely. But... Yeah, did, I, I'm kind of blanking. Does does it? How does the film end? Does, does she return to Edward? Does it, yeah, because she show goes her, to she, the same. She goes to the same like desert place, which I assume that's not is, her mind. Is that, Edward's. That's his. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. So I don't know. I, so also, I guess why you, the fuck do they call him Mister E? Like well, he has a code name. What, what the fuck is going on here? Well, that was so. There, there's a few flourishes happening scripturally around that point that are really uh. dumb. That being <laughs> yes. one of them, Mr. E. And then this other thing oh where, like, God. they had this code phrase that never gets repeated again. Oh, my God. Where it's like a well-known children's rhyme. Like, you don't fucking make a secret well, code on something that everybody <laughs> knows and learned growing up. What are you doing? Yeah. Is Dylan Baker's password on that system, one, two, three, four? <laughs> Is that how you get into this thing? It's enjoyable to go back and watch it and be like, oh, Dylan <sighs> Baker. Oh, Jake Weber. Oh, Dean Norris. You know, there's a lot of people that kind of that, that did pop in. um, um um, James Gammon, you know, there's 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 a lot of there's a surprisingly <laughs> strong supporting cast that we don't get too much of. Uh, people went on to do other things. Uh, Jake Weber as Gordon Ramsay as Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> that that's literally his name in this movie. Oh, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gordon Ramsay. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, he's just such a generic, like nothing character. But that that first, start, I timed it too. I hit pause. I'm like. All right, this has got to be like 10 minutes. 36 minutes in is actually like when this actual story starts getting underway and like uh, like the well, whole plot comes into question. Yeah, the whole first oh. act. I actually, in some ways, I actually in some ways think that the first act is stronger than the rest of it because the rest of it is all carried by visual. It's all mm. There's really not a lot happening. She goes mm. in, she, go, she comes back out, she has a conversation, she goes back in, he kidnaps her, Vince Vaughn goes in, the end. Um, whereas the beginning, it feels like a climax. Like you're like thrown into this movie and it's all all very fervent and like, you know, you're like, oh, shit's really moving along in a fast clip here. Like Mm -hmm. this is like, it's maybe not super original, but it is, it's paced (laughs) kind of interestingly, I think, because you're like, oh shit, we're already like getting like, 
we're seeing all of this. Like we're like this should be the end of the movie in the first twenty minutes. So I actually, I actually really like the first act quite a bit. I I kind of wish that we had more time uh, with <laughs> real world Carl Strager, Strager, whatever. Because uh, it's urgent. It's it's a very yeah. urgent first act. Whereas this the last part, languid. You know, the girl who we don't even know her fucking name or anything about her in the cell is not going to die. She smokes weed oh, and hangs God. out in her underwear. We know that she smokes yeah, weed. No, 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 not J Lo. The, oh. the, the yeah, the, we know less about her. The uh, victim. It's like come, like no build up. You see like a conversation with her and like whoever from like far away. So it's just random victim in the cell might die. We know she's not going to die. Come you know on. what's really disturbing in this movie is watching the the first victim drowned to death that they have v- video footage of. So if that's mm-hmm. it's disturbing alone watching that when she's like calling for her mommy and daddy and mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. But then it shows like everybody sitting around a boardroom table watching this and just kind of casually sitting there like watching it. Like oh, hmm, <laughs> dude, not this even this that. Done. Casually sitting there deciding if they should go forward with this only idea to save this person's life. What like what's the debate? Yeah, I don't know. And then there was that one creepy bald guy that was in the game kind of hiding around the background. He just pops in. I'm not James Redborn. I'm the other guy. Explain this technology. Get that bald guy from the game in here. (laughs) Come on, dude. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's strange. Um, Yeah, where do we go from here? So we haven't talked about Jennifer Lawrence's or Jennifer Lopez. Excuse me. We haven't talked about her performance much. This was uh, I think this was was between this selena came out in 95 i want to say 96 so i think that's what really blew her up Mm -hmm. uh and made her kind of a household name but she didn't do a ton after like there's some stuff that she did like u-turn but it wasn't like anaconda that was a pretty big hit you're right anaconda Mm -hmm. was a pretty big hit but still that was an ensemble there wasn't there wasn't like anything it was like starring jennifer lopez i hadn't this was probably the first thing where like because this was basically a freehander um and so i think it was a i think it definitely helped her career quite a bit i mean i don't it's it's not her first starring role obviously selena but but that it seemed like it was a yeah. milestone in her career. Sure. I mean, it's a couple of years after Out of Sight, which I think she's fantastic in. I love yeah. her in Out of Sight. Um, yeah. And that going back, like, she, I, I like her in this role. She's soulful. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I definitely could have used more. Like, when Vince Vaughn is, like, telling her the story, like, trying to get her out of her shit with the bad, like, I'm, I didn't remember them talking about that in the beginning. Did you? Where is this brother shit coming from? Did I go to the bathroom? Like, it oh was yeah, tossed in. That, yeah, that's completely that. that's completely tossed in. I don't yeah, know I where just... that's yeah that that is not discussed. We don't know how he knows that. Right. Um, I know that there was another version where he's like yelling about her having abortions that they cut that out mm-hmm. instead. Um, and if there's like what is there like forty hours like there wouldn't have been. T- time for like at what point did she relay this horrible tragic story about her son to him before i guess like, this whole thing he's an fbi like, agent so he lo- looked it up on the in the car ride over dude, i don't know dude, no you're right it doesn't make any sense and 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 her character i mean like that's one of the few moments that we do get some insight into like what motivates her and where and where she's coming from because she, i mean like she does a great job of being like okay here's a really flat madonna character who all she does is care Mm-hmm. Um, and be kind mm-hmm. and 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 she does a good job of like putting life into that and making it feel like a real person even though we're not really getting a lot of motivation or layers unpeeled here with her right 
That's exactly right. And well, we do get a ton of layers unpeeled with a grotesque serial killer because that's fascinating, I guess. But we're not going to delve into her. <laughs> <laughs> and there's missed opportunities, man. Like you don't really get the sense that even like little Carl knows where I'll just say the victim is. Like the, her mission is to go in there and pry this information yeah. specifically out of little Carl. It's not really to save little. My impression is this guy is beyond saving. We need to just get to the truth. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, so we end up in like the, yeah, go ahead. I'll call it an, uh, Armageddon situation where in Armageddon, they send like drillers to the asteroid instead of just training astronauts how to drill. It's the same <laughs> thing here. Like you've got a, a certified hotshot FBI agent whose job is to find clues and get the truth. And yet you don't send Vince Vaughn in there immediately. He could and have probably figured this shit out in like five minutes. He does figure it out in about five minutes once he's in there. But you're I right, he does. But I, I'm still not 100 percent sure what clue he gets. He sees that on like the wall of the God's Palace. Okay, yeah. he sees this fucking insignia that's on the hoist, and then he calls Dean oh, Norris right. and he's okay. like, "Figure out where that fucking thing came from." Oh, Turns so that, that's the place. That's, that's what it. he thinks of. Okay, yeah, but, so which he's which, as you say, so. They could have just investigated that on their own without ever going into his mind. Like the whole Absolutely. thing is a detour. If you if they'd done regular procedural work, they could have done, they they could have done Re it earlier. Regular procedural work is all you had to do. You do it on the fucking dog, like I said, but yeah. you don't like you don't look at this shit. Tar and not only is that, not dude, interested in that story. Tar yeah. was like, no, no, no. There's no capes in that story. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, though, but like, oh fuck, do I? Could get into yeah, this yeah, yeah. I could no, regret no, no, it tonight. Just fucking get it out. They basically send in this beautiful woman as bait, and I don't like this idea at all. A, because it fails, and she falls victim to his prowess, yeah. and needs to be saved by Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's just very yucky, and like he goes in there, starts making out with her. What, what, just well, for like probably a clip in the trailer? Come she, on, dude. Yeah, she does it to him, but yeah. He, but yeah, yeah th he's into it. Well, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, that's the weird kind of sexual romantic tension between them is so unnecessary. Ugh. It's so unnecessary. Um, you don't, we don't need that, but that's, that's Hollywood. They're always going to have to throw, almost always going to throw this in there even when it doesn't make a lick of sense they spent like six hours together if that most of it mm. in different rooms while she's unconscious <laughs> <laughs> yeah am i right yeah, it's just it's silly like it, it, i don't know what she achieves in this story like i, I don't i don't understand this uh it, it she looks gets a dog. really cool she gets a dog out of the whole thing which is an accomplice to murder well, hey, you know, let's let's let Valentine off the hook there. He can't help until he gets trained. his next victim. He himself was not <laughs> eating flesh or attacking women or anything. He just laid over and played dead for a treat, like a like a dog does. He had no idea. Let's let's let him off the hook, so to speak. <laughs> you know what? Damn, speaking of dude. hook, I mean, I, I watched the closer video today. Even the fucking like hanging shit, like the levitated <sighs> in space shit, is in is in closer. Like yep. it's like almost the whole movie is in the closer video it's bizarre yeah yeah except Step for inside trent Reznor's mind <laughs> come on mark romanek's mind yeah it, oh, dude it, it, uh, it, they get they have like three like instances where there's like this creepy nursery rhyme illusions going on nothing done with them no symbolism yeah, within the dream world like nothing 
yeah, it's the the script feels pretty stepped on, um, yeah. and, it, and it feels very generic. There is, I mean, but but there's enough happening where it's 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 entertaining. I mean, the ticking clock of the girl in the cell itself, which it's kind of weird that they went with that as the name of the movie because like that is that too. It's it's I guess the cell is the brain. You're stuck in a, a prison of your mind. I'm sure there's some whatever going on there, but that whole thing is it's creepy and it and it's suspenseful and it works and, and like the the way that the water shoots and then turns off, the way that there's food and water in a bathroom there, like it's all very, that's terrifying. Like that's a whole very terrifying. And the, and the way that she fucks up the thing and and actually speeds things up by trying to get out. Um, I thought that you know for being like the B plot that's supposed to be important i think that she did a pretty good job and as i understand it tarsum singh was really unhappy with uh tara subkoff uh, whose career ended after this movie this was the last movie that she did because she was blacklisted by harvey weinstein she was one of the people that came out uh as an accuser uh, yeah that motherfucker i mean she worked for like 10 years and then she couldn't find work after this this was the last thing she did <sighs> but yeah, yeah dude um there's so much not only is there so much like Thomas Harris Manhunter stuff in this first chunk, yeah, but yeah, like, if, if yeah, in seven, uh, yeah, in seven. But if you've read Hannibal, like the novel Hannibal, which I I, I could not wait for before that movie came out, it's it's one of the most fucked up novels you'll ever read because it talks about the. Uh, I can actually tell um, when your internet's going to go. You start to get oh all shit! Choppy and weird now. Oh, oh shit! You're, shit, you're shit. Back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> uh, the novel by Thomas Harris Hannibal talks about the Mind Palace. And it essentially is like a better version of the cell because you get to see inside of Hannibal Lecter's mind and why he does things and how he can uh, access different personalities and do all this really cool stuff. And you've got this movie here that comes out like a, a couple of years before that that book is released. And it's a really cool opportunity. Like, what would it be like to get inside a, a, a killer's mind? Well, isn't that um, a, a, a dreamscape? Isn't that what's called? Uh, or mindscape? What's that? I read a little bit about that. I don't. What is that? I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I, I read about it in preparation for this. I'm like, so it, mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me. There's another movie that is being borrowed from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting inside um, a killer's mind somehow, but it's not. You know, it's no lawnmower man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's not even virtuosity. Um, but yeah, I don't know, dude. It's like very like Jungian 101 type psychology going on here with this shadow self business it's very like amateur hour stuff and i could they should have given us more like i walked out not really knowing what it would be like to be a serial killer and well that's a good one and that's kind of definitely is but like there was an opportunity there to kind of put you in a kind of a weird headspace no pun intended don't they i mean i mean i feel unsettled by the movie Creepy uh, images, but like, yeah. what are they telling me yeah. about the psyche of people like this? Oh, they're, nothing. Like, they're into nothing. weird stuff. Nothing. They're not. I mean, they're, it's not really interested in being. It's not interested in being a realistic depiction of serial killers or psychosis or anything like or like that. It's interested in interesting images. I mean, that's what the man did as a you know as a. Mm. And there's a lot of directors that still come out of that that field of making music videos even though people don't watch them like they used to there's there's mm-hmm. that's still a breeding ground for for mm-hmm. the directors of the future but you watch losing my religion and that's i mean that's 
there is a story borrowed from Gabriel Garcia Marquez, but whatever. Sure. Um, but there, there is a story to it. But in a lot of ways, it's just images. It's just like it's the the plot to the is very secondary. It's all just kind mm. of driven by images, and that's and that's what and that's what he's doing on a grander scale here. I mean, it's I think a lot of it works because the images look great. Um, sometimes they're from something else. <laughs> and you can do that, man. Like every Terry Malick movie is nothing but images. There's no story. Yeah. Um, but for Tarsim to have beautiful images, but like a shitty paint by number first draft story, that's my where my problem is. Yeah, I mean, I'd almost I'd almost one. I'd almost rather that than where Terrence Malick's stories have been going of late. Lots of people standing <laughs> around staring at water. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to forgive this extremely tried and true script script. I mean it's it's as prosaic as they come. Pretty much. Should we do yeah, our, last, we, uh, our last our yeah, last thoughts? I think we, here? Should, we should jump into it, man. You go first. We've got a movie that definitely had the ability and was extremely successful at inspiring filmmakers. Um creeping audiences out and igniting a new passion for this genre in 2000. Uh, the problem is, the problem is it, it just cannot still do it, man. I mean, uh, I watch this and I've just seen it done so many times before. And when you dig into things, this heavy homaging, like we talked about, it's problematic. It's problematic. It's problematic to the point that it's just a, a, a director reading a recipe and making uh, uh, an okay meal um, and not creating something uh, himself or herself. Uh, so, yeah, I got to tell you, man, we've got some really cool things to look at, interesting ideas, but none of it is really capitulated and it doesn't, it just doesn't hold up for me, man. It's not the same movie I thought it was when I saw it in theaters twice. I had declined in my estimation of this movie over the years uh you know i was really blown away when it first came out but had come to feel like it was lame <laughs> and <laughs> uh and and yeah and too heavily sourced from other stuff and uh even though even though i wasn't that familiar with a lot of it it still kind of left a bad taste in my mouth so i was kind of like going in thinking like well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna think this holds up is what i was thinking when i went in to watch it um but as i said i was actually surprised by the first act because when you think of the movie you typically think of the second third acts but sure. i was pleasantly surprised with the first act um and i do think that uh, again eiko ishioka's costume design here is so compelling to look at um the set design which i should have looked up that person's name the but the whole production design looks incredible um and lastly dude Fucking Vincent D'Onofrio is incredible in this movie. I am going to say it holds up, not as a good movie, because it's severely flawed in, in all the ways that we've detailed, but solely for watching Vincent D'Onofrio play with this and, and do the fucking weird, you know, like the, the somersaulting thing, like the, you know, the headstand thing and like just all the weird operatic shit that he's doing here and like getting full slow-mo and like beautiful regalia and like colored contacts and all this stuff. It just looks so cool. So as a big Vincent D'Onofrio fan, I, 
for that, I think it's one of the performances of his career. I really do. And so um, for that reason, I'm going to say it's worth revisiting. It's not the kind of thing that you're going to need to see over and over again. And it's, I, I yeah, I'm not impressed by Tarsum Singh at all anymore. Mm-hmm. But I am impressed mm-hmm. uh, by Ishiaka and uh, whatever name is and um, and Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh yeah, and that Howard Shore, that Howard Damn. Shore score, Ishiaka. Yeah, Ishiaka. Uh, check her name in the Howard Shore score. You're right. So there's there's a few things here that I think are really great. Vincent D'Onofrio, or um, uh, sorry, Vince Vaughn, two Vincents. Vince Vaughn is pretty underwhelming in this. Oh I think that um, Jennifer ain't Lopez. Gonna stop either. I'll tell you <laughs> that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Lopez is does surprisingly good with it, but yeah, D'Onofrio is a king, man. So there we okay. go. There it is. Just in time, man. There's our guy. Hey Mike, you've, you're back. Hey guys, back. hi, hi. Yeah, you always gotta switch it. <laughs> we have yes, a set yes. order. Got you. you guys are very yes. You guys are creatures of routine. I appreciate that. <laughs> we did it. All right. Hey, we talked about that movie you didn't watch. Yeah. <laughs> and I popped in here and there, but I made sure that I didn't hear anything specifically where it would be like, uh-oh. so I'm so, good. Stay tuned next week when Mike will give us his abbreviated sentiments on the film. No, we're gonna. Do, I'm gonna do a, a whole 45 minutes by myself <laughs> on the cell. Hold on, guys. Like we're doing quarantine viewing picks, 45 minute edition on me. That's right. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, good job, guys. Well done. That's a fine mm-hmm. effort here on the cell. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget. We do. Five-star reviews and all that stuff. Come on. Help the you show out. You like what we do here? We got something here. You know, we're not terrible. We we don't just agree with each other universally on everything. We have opinions, which I think is cool. So, for next week's show, it's my turn to pick. Feels good. Last time I picked uh, Bull Durham, I think. That was my you last did. selection. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm glad we did that movie, but it felt kind of weird i'm looking back like that movie's odd it just seems odd to this show in a way i can't really relate to you guys i don't yeah, know why i don't either but I it made sense to do it but all right no it does make yeah i don't know it's strange it's just so very odd so it is odd i got a, I got a whole list room. here i've been thinking it over and i've really so what i've done here is i originally had a list of a few different you know the quarantine viewing picks list I've started my favorite movies list, which has been building over the last few weeks. So that's fun. That is fun. Yeah, uh, because it is just better to have it written down for all time because there's so many things I forget about. Little things, too, like smaller movies in a period of time that I was really, really into that I would probably put on my list, but I just would forget about unless someone told me otherwise. Hmm. Um, All right. All right. So next week we're doing... uh, well, for, so this one, though, I don't know if it's one of it's not one of my, it's, I put it on the favorite movies list. But it's not one of your favorite movies. <laughs> I know, it makes, I know, it sounds <laughs> stupid when I say it out loud like that. I saw it in the theater when I lived in Colorado in late 2010 slash 11. And I saw it with a girl, and I remember when it was over, she was like, well, you really hated that, didn't you? Like, it was annoying how much she was telling me how much I hated it after we had just finished watching it. Walked out of the theater. I'm like, why do you keep saying that? I, no. But she was like trying to make it a reality. It was very odd. <laughs> Things didn't work out. That was a was a fluke. Yeah, uh, you, know. you don't say. What's it happening? didn't. Yeah, it didn't work out. Um, but I thought, what's up with this movie? Because I don't know. I'm sure you guys have seen it, but I've never heard you guys talk about it. So let's do 2010's 
Edward Zwick directed. Oh boy. Love and Other Drugs. <laughs> oh my god. Like Okay. No, I've never seen it. <laughs> I'm sure you Ooh. have. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway. I know, and I'm your aware. favorite your favorite Oliver Platt. I've never seen it. I'm aware of it, but no, I never watched wow. it. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that's exciting. Wow. I guess. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I, I prefer it when I've seen them because then I can tell if it actually holds up or not. And I do watch a lot of movies, but I guess I don't see them all. But this is a Oliver Platt movie for you, too. So that's exciting. I didn't know he was in it. I didn't know that. Yes, if I'd known that, perhaps I would have ran to the theaters. Yeah. Uh, dude, real quick. <laughs> you've been watching The Bear on Hulu? Is he on that, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah no. This is a cool show, man. He's on uh, yeah, it's been getting good reviews. It's on my radar, but I haven't I haven't dug in yet. Yeah, it's Speaking good. of really good show, I've heard The Old Man is really, really good with Jeff Bridges oh. on FX. I'm an People episode or that. two behind, but I'm watching it and liking it. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I'll check that one out. Drugs. <laughs> yeah, so we're going back to 2010. It's a rom-com, or is it not? I don't know. We'll find I out. I, who knows? Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway lead the cast. Next All week, right. 11 Other Drugs. Maybe that woman... Who I watched it with will watch the show and she'll Maybe come on she and be like, will. like, you know what? I, I don't we'll know why I was show. So... You hated it still. You hated it still, right? I you still hate it. You she still hate it. She shows up in the chat. Yep. <laughs> you still hate it, Just right? be honest about it after all these years, Mike. Come on. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Right, it's been cool. fun. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Eric, Travis, Michael. Boy, me, God. Me, God. from the cell. Boy. I feel like that's from the cell. It's got that, is from the, that is from the cell. <laughs>